0: Welcome back to the DevOps Sauna from Efficode. I am Lauri and I run our marketing on Efficode. In this episode, we'll once again dive into one of our more popular blog posts, giving you the chance to enjoy this content in audio format. The blog is read by Dominic Woodhill from our Copenhagen office. Why You Need a Blameless Postmortem Culture by Pranjal Dio. Psychological safety has been identified as the topmost feature of a successful, an innovative organization. At the same time, we need to learn from failure and prevent recurrence of mistakes. These two practices seem to contradict each other, but is there a way to achieve them both? The post-mortem philosophy. Whenever an incident occurs, typically the first responders priorities are to 1 mitigate the incident, 2 Fix the underlying issue. And three, ensure services return to their normal operating conditions. Next, ensure the system doesn't break in the same way again. Unless there's a formalised process of learning from these incidents in place, they may reoccur. Left unchecked, incidents can multiply in complexity or even cascade. This can overwhelm a system and eventually affect users. Post-mortem culture is applicable beyond large-scale or technical problems. As long as you understand the basic framework, you can use it to address a variety of failures, such as for personal growth, growth of others, encouraging accountability, sharing best practices, or documenting facts for the long term. It can also be a very powerful tool for leadership to be transparent about unpopular decisions and document their rationale behind their choices. Introducing such a culture can seem intimidating at first, but implementing this change incrementally is possible and you can gradually fine-tune the process based on your organization's needs. Tips to get the most out of this recording. Think of a high-impact failure you experienced recently and how the situation was handled, then apply the principles and best practices of a blameless post-mortem culture to think what could have been done differently. What is a post-mortem? A post-mortem is a written record of an incident and its impact, the actions taken to mitigate or resolve it, the root causes and, very importantly, the follow-up actions to prevent the incident from reoccurring. Your team needs to define post-mortem criteria before an incident occurs so that everyone knows when a post-mortem is necessary. In addition to these objective triggers, you may also request a post-mortem from any other team if they think it's warranted under the same criteria. Over the years, postmortems have become such an innate component of the Google SRE culture that they're organically expected and enthusiastically anticipated after any significant undesirable event. Postmortems are also looked at as an opportunity to learn from each other. When should you write a postmortem? It depends on your needs and circumstances. A one-criteria-fits-all approach doesn't really work here. For example, a team whose primary responsibility is ensuring the reliability of a website's e-commerce infrastructure will have distinctly different success and failure metrics to a team whose primary responsibility is product development. The two teams will also have a distinct set of personalities, making incident management nuances different. Here are some example scenarios which could warrant a post-mortem. First, business reasons. X number of users impacted. Y amount of dollars lost in revenue. Loss in user trust due to error. Or, product reasons. Latest canary reveals Z% percent regression in a metric. A risky change pushed during production freeze. An unusually complex remediation. Or, opportunity reasons. An outage revealed some repeated problem or an opportunity for systematic improvement, where there's a high value in sharing what was learned. And finally, people reasons. Disruptive reorganisation impacted people's careers. Improper project management overloaded people. What matters is that these criteria are defined in the first place and periodically revisited. Another idea could be to group multiple small incidents that have a similar nature into one post-mortem for resolution, rather than writing one for each smaller incident. Writing post-mortem should be looked at as a learning opportunity for the entire company and not as a punishment. It's definitely worth acknowledging that a good post-mortem process does present an inherent cost in terms of time and or effort, so you need to be deliberate in choosing when to write one. Psychological safety Writing a post-mortem just for the sake of documenting is not enough. In fact, if not written well, it can be counterproductive to your culture. It could lead to an atmosphere in which incidents and problems are swept under the rug, leading to greater risk for the organisation. So to make the most of post-mortem culture, it's absolutely imperative to keep them blameless. A blamelessly written post-mortem assumes that everyone involved in an incident had good intentions and did the right thing with the information that they had. It focuses on what went wrong, i.e. the systems or processes, instead of who was wrong, such as the people. As humans, we often find accepting failure to be very difficult. Sometimes, our mistakes can cost our company a lot of money, and accepting that something we did caused it can be very embarrassing and distressing. In a very toxic organisation, publicly acknowledging mistakes can also cost people their careers. All of these fears will make it almost impossible for a post-mortem to be valuable, fact-based and objective. The best practice to combat this fear is to keep your post-mortems blameless. But why? We're humans. We fear public humiliation. Speaking up under normal circumstances is hard enough. Speaking up under immense pressure as in the case when there's been a major incident, is much harder and people generally tend to avoid the spotlight for the fear of being ridiculed. Ironically, a crisis demands someone to step up, to think differently and then speak up. So now we've increased the complexity of the problem. Not only does one have to risk isolating themselves in difficult circumstances, they also fear being documented in history, What if I make a mistake? Everyone will know. Will I be fired? Will I not be promoted? Will my future employees make fun of me? These are all valid concerns. Fundamentally, the culture should encourage postmortems as value contributions by individuals, immediately and in the long term. Your Curb Innovation and Autonomy Dreaming big and working on revolutionary ideas bring a certain amount of associated risk, which may result in failures. If a person doesn't feel psychologically safe in taking calculated risks in their environment, they may never act on those ideas and innovation will stagnate. Likewise, a healthy post-mortem culture helps individuals anticipate and manage that calculated risk. Either situation takes away from individuals' autonomy, as they'll tend to just follow instructions from their managers or someone else, instead being creative or using their own good judgement. It may seem like a good idea to highlight individuals whilst describing an outage in a post-mortem. Instinctively, it feels like assigning ownership to someone, which may then motivate the individual to take responsibility. But the big risk of doing so is individuals becoming risk-averse because they may fear public humiliation. This can lead to people covering up facts and risking transparency, which could be critical to understanding an issue and preventing it from recurring. When mistakes are hidden, fixes to systematic issues are harder and the problems are more likely to recur. Also, blaming humans tends to result in Fire human as an action item. For a moment, even if we overlook that it may not be the right thing to do, it still doesn't prevent it happening. If the system was set up to enable the first human to commit the mistake, there's a higher probability of a less experienced human repeating that mistake. Blameful behaviour is detrimental from a business perspective also. Blameless post-mortem in action, an example. Here's an example that was noted as the root cause of a huge hypothetical incident. Dylan1 did not bother to set up alerting for our storage cluster or check our hard drives manually in case of doubt. Of course we ran out of space, and this disaster ensued. It took hours to fix the service because Anna2 didn't know how to recognise storage exhaustion and restarted the wrong systems. What's wrong with the way this is written? Not only is this example highly blameful, where obviously individuals are being scapegoated, it's also unhelpfully dramatic. Phrases such as disaster or of course this happened add absolutely no value to the post-mortem document. Analyses of the actions of individuals also need to be placed in context. The state of the response effort, what information people had at the time, or what playbooks said to expect. What blameful behaviour does is erode psychological safety and make an organisation's culture toxic. You can be sure that Dylan one is not going to speak up when another outage happens and the company may lose out on valuable information. They may end up at odds with their team or with Anna too, who, in turn, may be either upset at Dylan 1 for creating the situation or anticipating blame themselves for being slow to fix it. Worse, imagine if one of these individuals is a tech lead or manager of the other. Blamelessness makes it possible for leaders to admit faults and protects ICs from being blamed for the assumed infallibility of their leaders. Both these individuals should feel safe discussing what they did. The fix. A better way to express the gravity of the situation would be to gather facts and document them objectively with metrics or reflection on the context of the surrounding systems or procedures. Here is one example of the more objective, blameless version. Standard storage cluster management does not generate free space monitoring by default. The hard drives in one of the trading storage clusters ran out of space, and this was not noticed due to a lack of alerting. This led to trades from that cluster being redirected to other trading clusters, which were also almost full. Standard error code mapping, dashboards, and alert playbooks made this harder to assess, and required folk knowledge of trading service failovers to diagnose. Here are our key takeaways from that. First, the cost of failure is education. Keep your post mortems blameless. Concentrate on the system, not the people. And finally, when written well, acted upon, and widely shared, blameless post mortems can be a very effective tool for driving positive cultural changes and preventing recurring errors. Thanks for listening. You can find more expert content like this at efficode.com blog. Well, there you have it, folks. Now, we'd love your help with further topics to feature in this series. Our repertoire ranges from DevOps to usability, accessibility, service design, cloud native, and much more. So please reach out to us via Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook with your suggestions. Until then, deliver great software effectively.